Mendeleev here, coming at you with the Mendeleev podcast. I, um, hmm, what to say? I should really start thinking about what I say before I say it, but hey, why would I even have a podcast then? This is the one where we talk about music and art and the the creative process, the behind the scenes, why we do what we do. And today, we have Adam Bonomo. His artist name is Bonomo. And I love talking to Adam. We had such a fun conversation. Literally, I was having so much fun. And you could probably hear it. Um, we covered a lot of ground. We got a little bit reckless, made some jokes. We talk about his influences. We talk about how he got into jazz. How long he was even playing piano before he even went to music school? Like a few months. Uh, and then got really into jazz. He has a way of explaining his ability and his passion that I found contagious. And we talk about what it's like in jazz music to go out. And we talk about what that means and the values of jazz and how it translates to other genres. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good intro. Without the further adieus, please enjoy this episode of the Mendeleev podcast with Adam Bonomo. It's a stylistic choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you hold your mic sideways. You can't teach this shit at school, so. That's I'm that's where I'm here. Yeah, do your dropout. Yeah, I can do this. I can do yeah. this. I can point it at my face all right, if you want. It. Is it bothering you? No, it's all right. I was just wondering. As long as we're not clipping, we're good because I can always like turn you up. Hello. I'll turn it there so I can yell, tell my loud jokes, and it won't be a problem. I'm gonna, these are time capsules. I'm huh. almost, almost going to be able to have these forever. That's you interesting. Know? So you're thinking into the future, which I generally try not to do. <laughs> you're so so just in the moment. Sure. Just right now. Sure. I like to actually, I've, I've erred on the side of like ignorance is bliss. <laughs> like, yeah, if you yeah, think yeah, ahead yeah. too much, you're just kind of like, oh, God. I know. It gets a little daunting, oh, doesn't God. it? Oh, <laughs> God. I know. I know. I know. I know. But, you know, as a creator, it's like rather than like trying to put on so many different uh, sunglasses or, or, or to see through the eyes of other people or the people listening to us or audience and stuff. It's like I, I so much prefer see through trying to see through the projection of my own eyes, but like future self. Hmm. Like like what what can I do that'll make me proud hmm. eventually? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's 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 such a better temperature gauge than like trying to yeah project what somebody in the audience is like thinking. Right. right oh, well said. Well yeah. said. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure something out because I do get really distracted. Uh, people can really 
throw me off, you know, or at least yeah. my thoughts about what other people are doing. Right. Really, I'm just like, I don't even know if that's reality, but my head, I'm making right. it some crazy shit. Or even just like going on Instagram and seeing oh, like the, the certain values, things that are being hailed, you know, which sort mm-hmm. of like makes you wonder like, does this have value? And then, you know, like that can throw you off <laughs> yeah. too, you know? Yeah. And then you're it like, does my shit have value? And then you're like, wait a second. Yeah. You know, like you got to navigate that fucking mental yeah, gymnastic dude, that, ring. <laughs> it's so rough, dude. It's so rough because the value is literally a number. Like meaning the amount of views or likes. It's like, or streams with our Spotify. It's like, yeah. it's like that number, when we see it, we see value and right. unfortunately it's it, it's there's it's so different and it's hard to separate from that um but like but like you know say you're on the street i don't know if you ever did any like street performing or busking or anything like that um <laughs> some say street art is the only true form of artistry <laughs> <laughs> i had a i dabbled i had a phase where i was like that was what i was doing right and so and so a lot of the times when you like if you see a crowd of people, like even if you're just in Times Square and there's like those dudes that hustle, right? And they do like a backflip over like six yeah, people. Yeah, a 35 year uh, old it, man. And then, like, <laughs> yeah, like somehow ridiculously shredded. And they spend 45 minutes hyping everybody up. Not to spoil it, what it is, but they just like hype everyone up, make a bunch of racist jokes, and then they backflip after almost an hour of waiting. Um, but, but, anyways, the point is that like the gathering of the crowd is is what we see value in like if you see a a group of people gathered together watching something we're like oh that must be important or like i'm gonna go see what what that's about yeah right just like if you're scrolling on you know on different social media and you like see like you know whatever a million likes or views or whatever you're just like oh what's this about right you know or, or like maybe it does have value but the truth is it doesn't necessarily. It doesn't necessarily have more value than you know a song or a right. It's, something that it's kind of. Yeah. It feels like maybe it's more obvious to. Well, I guess anybody like anybody who's investigated music on a even a small level, like just in, even in the things you like, even if you're trying mm-hmm. to stay in the world that you like, like you know, I always find myself liking the song on the track. That has the least amount of likes on spot yeah. or, v- or listens on Spotify. You know what I mean? Yeah, Where it's like, right? You, do you mean when you're listening to somebody else or like of your own of your own stuff? Of uh, somebody else, I generally don't listen yeah. to my my own stuff. <laughs> just, well, it's just my mom and me getting those plays on Spotify. So. You don't you don't just scroll through your Spotify and just go through your anthology. I do it as a business. Just... Yeah, like I just play, push the spacebar. But, uh, oh yeah, like uh, when you go to sleep, you just like put your your yeah. your song on on repeat. I just do mine yeah. while I'm awake. <laughs> I just <laughs> wait thirty seconds and hit the scissor. That's like yeah, dude. Yeah, it's a business. It's a business. <laughs> but yeah, that's great. I, I generally like like if I if I find like even a Stevie Wonder album or something, it's like you Ooh. know like you know isn't she lovely has all the plays and then I like find yeah. the song on that record where I'm like, this is the one that should have all the plays. What the like. Yeah. You know, isn't she lovely? Is yeah. great, but he clearly, you know, it's like there's artistry, and then there's shit he did to make money. And... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, by the uh, whatever 
uh, eighth harmonica solo, you're just like, okay, where, where are we going, dude? Where are we going? It really is like a nine minute song that like nobody really realizes just how much it goes on and on wow. and just never ends. But he does. She's he lovely. Does keep taking it. Yeah, we get it. She's lovely. It's your baby. It's beautiful. Congratulations, right. your father. Right, right, you right. Know, we're, we're into, you know, that's funny you mentioned that yesterday. I have this, um, this like weekly like gig playing at this like mall. It's like shopping mall. Yeah. It's like a luxury building cafe thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just like play for a couple hours. And I was, I probably played Isn't She Lovely probably like for like 26 minutes, dude. Nice. Just, just straight. I didn't stop. I think at that point you are like a an, an exhibit in a museum. <laughs> like, it felt like that, you know, dude. You're yes. <laughs> that's that's the opposite of street performing. At street performing, it's like nobody even acknowledges your existence. Oh yeah. Uh, but but yeah, at a at a mall or like the, the cafe or hotel gigs, bistro gigs, you know that kind of stuff. You're the background music gigs. You are you're just oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're just making you're, sound into a space. <laughs> That, that like almost no one cares about. I know. Like you know, no, who, and like yeah, exactly. One person cares the most whoever paid you, and then there's like a small percentage of people who are walking by who aren't so in a rush that they can be like, huh? All right, yeah. <laughs> that's all you're gonna get. Yeah. That's all you're gonna it's get. Like, yeah. huh. it's like, huh. yeah. I thought that was a speaker. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're just eating their lunch. They're like slurping up spaghetti. And, Do people give you and tips? Drink coffee? No. Actually, you know what? It it hurts more when the they tip, do yeah. in some ways. Ah. It's, it, it, like this one guy did actually come up last week and like put a dollar bill in my guitar. He's like, "Is this okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah, of put course. it in my like, shirt." <laughs> <laughs> dude, it, it it was. I mean, like I appreciate it obviously, but but there was like. I'm I'm to be fully transparent. I'm doing the gig for money. I'm not doing the right. gig for anything wow. else. Um, you know, uh, and it's it's also an opportunity for me to practice my arpeggios, which I'm gonna be doing anyway. Mm. Might as well make a few hundred dollars <laughs> I, I from love my that. arpeggios. I love that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like I'm I'm lucky if somebody even makes eye contact. Vocal with me. arpeggios? Or are you talking instrument? No, I'm not singing. I'm just I'm just doing my electric guitar. There is a mic there, but. Um, don't tell anyone. I don't use it. Oh, you don't sing. <laughs> I don't. I don't even it's sing. Just it. I mean, like, see, I thought you were singing. They, they set. I think they wanted me to originally, but like, dude, I just, I'm, I feel like an asshole. You know why? I don't know. I don't. I don't like singing for people that for no one. It, not not just that not, people aren't listening. Yeah. But I'm an imposition, especially my voice uh, is like. It's I like an you. imposition on people's lunch. And I just like, <laughs> I just, I'm background when I'm going to be back. I, I developed this one weird voice back when I was younger when I was doing these hotel gigs. And I would, I developed this like for jazz choir, this like, this airy, like, yeah. like this kind of John Mary thing. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and like, I developed it specifically for these three, four hour gigs where I was background music. And, uh, and anyways, it was not, healthy and i still have it just in case when i yeah. need to pull it out but i am um, yeah dude i just i don't i don't like the feeling of like screaming at people eating and i just yeah i'll just keep my my beautiful little jazzy guitar yeah. thing going it's well, that easier sounds nice actually i think do you, I do you ever yeah yeah sorry well that's i feel like i was gonna i was gonna say it's probably 
in my experience, better when you don't have to sing. Because singing is yeah. more personal, and if someone yeah. doesn't give a shit about you singing, you're like, ah. <laughs> uh, dude, but you know no what? Maybe cares, that's the truth. Yeah, if no one cares about my piano playing, I'm like, eh, that's fair. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, go for it. <laughs> to be honest, man, I, I think that's probably a little more accurate for the emotional core. And my, yeah. my reasoning was was a gymnastics around that truth right there that you just said. Right. Well, uh, we, well we all yes. get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be listened to. I think you your, your voice was meant to be listened to. I have to say it, it, it can and it and and then I well I appreciate that and then I feel like I there's a level of responsibility because it really can demand attention and I don't like doing that when it's inappropriate. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like it, some guy yeah, in between fun. in like his one hour to eat lunch after staring at a computer for like groups of eight <laughs> hours, you know, is like, yeah, dude. dude, I just need a second. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't worry oh about it. You're like, fuck. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't until he started singing. Yeah. And, dude, there was this – I'm uh, most of the people, if I'm being fully honest, like, will come in and there's, like, t- two or three tables that are, like, right next to the speaker. And, like, people will come in and just, like – they'll, like – I'll see them cruise around and, like, they'll only pick those tables if there's no other one available, right? Huh. Like, nobody just chooses to no go No one wants there. to be and, in, the like, the splash zone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, literally. And, and, and if they do, they immediately just sit down and put on their earbuds. <laughs> Noise canceling. That's like, <laughs> you, know? you know what it's like? It's like the grumpiest people sit in the front row. Yeah, I did yeah, a, comedy shows in music too. It's like that's uh, true. You know, one time I did a gig, and this is the best thing I've seen so far. Is a very large woman. We were in the we were in uh, New Mexico in in like the mm. weird place. That's like you know I don't know where we were, and we were in this little theater. Maybe like Do you know what city? Uh, no. Albuquerque? No. Yeah. It was outside of Albuquerque, I think. Taos? Dude, I don't know. I just right, I just right, got right, paid. Sorry. You know what I mean? Where I just like, <laughs> yeah, 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 tell yeah. me where to go, boss. And uh, yeah, yeah. I was playing, <clears throat> I was backing up another artist, but we did this like little 200 people theater. And just in the front row was the, a large woman, objectively, in a yeah. neon, like a highlighter shirt that said in big black letters, capitals. I'm not here. <laughs> and, and she was just like, I don't know if she was enjoying it. Like, but it was just like, <laughs> it was just like, why are you in the it's front? Statement. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Yeah. It's always like the, the one person who's like got to put their headphones in to make a statement. Like, I'm not going to listen to this shit. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, right. Yeah, just right so you know. Dead center. Just like, yeah, so I could exactly. see you. I was listening to uh, Louis C.K. talk. I think it was Louis C.K. He was like talking about this comedy show, or maybe it was Bill. It's either Bill Burr or Louis C.K. And uh, I think I've talked about this before, but he's like, he has a thing about when not not even hecklers, but when somebody is sitting in the front row not enjoying his show, uh, he basically takes that energy of every joke, even while like everyone oh. else is totally enjoying it. And he takes that, his, all of his jokes and he targets it yeah. right above, uh, right above their head. That was Bill Burr. I think I heard that. And he that like, was Bill direct, okay, yeah, yeah. He directs it like over their head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, there's 
A lot, to, a lot you can learn from from stand-up comedians. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, there's no one that is able to handle uh, hecklers or, or, you know, poor audience members better. Yes. You know, that's what they're trained for. Yeah. You know, some of them live for it. Some of them make their whole careers off of how they do crowd work oh, and, yeah. and handle, you know. Yes, yes. Um, but I have had some trolls recently. Oh. Even at, like, you know, gigs that I do care about. Oh, um, really? And I've, like, in the I've audience, people yell out to you on stage? Uh, yeah, I, that or just like, or they just won't shut up or if it's uh, like, yeah. uh, you know, and, or if like, uh, I mean, it's the worst if it's an actual like intimate engaging crowd Yeah, and there's like one person. That you know what like, I do? I, um, <laughs> tell me, I just bring the band volume down to below <sighs> that, what they're talking and then the room will turn on them. It's like, nice. they cannibalize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they cannibalize the person because I like. I, I mean, my music has lots of like places where I can loop it or change. You know, like I can stay on yeah. a section, yeah, and sort of improvise. And like, I, I like Rockwood Stage One is a prime breeding ground for that kind of like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, someone's talking at the bar and they don't realize how loud they're being. So I just drop yeah. the volume down. Like do the third grade teacher. And I just trick, wait. You know? I just you, wait. You just start whispering in the room. until. And I then watch. Up. You just, it's yeah. almost like fascinating that you just watch like one person get upset with them. They're like, shh. Uh -huh. And then another person's like, <laughs> shh. And they're like, well, you know, like before every, someone's like, has to go over there and be like, buddy. <laughs> like, Yo, yeah, that, that's great. That is, that's a great trick. You know, if you do have a band that is, better and easier because because no matter what you can take them you know if like if like they are the most rowdy shit ever and won't stop at least you know you and your drummer everyone can just rage you out you can also over just steamroll yeah exactly. you steamroll over whereas like if you're doing I, I don't i don't know if you when you have like a solo gig or something or like an intimate gig and somebody's doing it because it's a totally different uh 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 tr technique yeah, that's you're um, right that's different solo gig is yeah. tough Solo gigs tough. It's like I mean I've even like got up, stood on the mic, and like asked people to be quiet. I'm like, hey, this next song is important to me. Would you please stop? Oh, that's good though. That's good. That's honest. It's, it's only good if it works. I, think, I mean I've 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 had it work and I've had it really not work. But dude. see, you're nice about it. So if they choose to not listen to you, they're being a dick. But I think I would just yeah. be immediately offended, and I'd yeah. just be a dick to them. And then we'd Dude. just be two dicks, like in the same room. You know, like. exactly. Dude, well, that's what that's what I, that's what would happen to me, and I kind of swore off of it. Where I was like, if I felt like I was getting trolled, I would kind of start to troll back. But you know, say like, and I've had this experience when there's like 40, 50 people that have come to see you, and then there's like the five or ten. Never had that experience. That are just, <laughs> what? I've never had that experience. <laughs> Oh, dude! I just get it. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, I think can I was. You lower at those numbers. Have I like three? With... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> well, dude, I loved what you did. Um, uh, was it your? It was your birthday show, and you invited different homies to come up and sing, and I was honored to come play a song. I oh, think yeah. that's that's the way to do it, man. It was that great. So it was it, it was like, it was great because yeah, I got to see all the homies, but it's also a little nerve wracking because you're like. Why would I do this on my birthday? Because what if everybody's busy, and then I'm just Ooh. like sad clown on my birthday? High stakes. Yeah, like eating a birthday well, cake alone. No, <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's the one ah. day of the year that you can actually guilt anyone into hanging out. It's with true. You, so it's true. You know, you can pull that card. Yeah. 
you know, it's it works. I I pull that card every year, but not for a show. I we do a for the last like eight years, we gather on top of the mountains on my birthday, oh. and there's anywhere from like twenty to thirty of us, and and we basically sing songs to the moonlight, camp overnight, to, and microdose and play uh, laser tag. What is why am I is, not, have I not been invited to this? <laughs> you are you are officially invited to this, wow. dude, and it it's coming up too. So if you find yourself in California, Sick. June fourth. Oh wow! Yeah, nice June fourth. Yeah. You're a I Gemini. I sure am. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? When's your birthday? Oh, wait. I know the answer to this. Let me think back. Yeah, you were there. I was there. <laughs> 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 yeah. It, dude, it had to be, it had to be like, like August, September, October. I need a, September? I need a commitment. You just said three months. Uh, it's somewhere around there. Cause it was like. It wasn't cold because you're hanging out outside. I'm, oh, dang it, dude! I'm usually good with remembering dates. I'm gonna. I'll stick with September. You are Se- correct. Yes. Nice. Wait. Let me guess the date then. Let me guess the date then. <laughs> uh, this was. This would have been. Um, oh, dude! September like. Oh, I don't even know. Like twelfth. Eighteenth. September. No wait. Fourteenth. September fourteenth. Final answer. Come on, don't keep don't keep me in suspense. Final answer. Yeah, that's my final answer. Dude, it was September fourteenth. That's amazing. Oh, let's go. Are you looking let's at like go. a little cheat sheet? Did you pull it? I up? got nothing. Up Hell the, no, the man. <laughs> no, I, I'll tell you. And I, I, it's not. This ain't any surprise for anyone who knows me. It's the one thing that I do remember is dates. Whoa. Um, I know yeah, somebody else it, like that. Really. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's like a big missed opportunity. Like, you have like a money making scheme available. Yeah, that it's just not. You know, I can't see yeah. it because I don't have the skill. But when I, I have another friend who's amazing, and she can like remember dates of gigs, exact dates. Yep, exactly. It's the year doesn't even matter. It's the it's the month. Yeah, and the day. you're like the rain man with just one it's it's kind of like that i do organize my life like that so i've always been like you kind of just wake up every day and you're like all right what was i doing a year ago today what was i doing two years ago today and then you know after years you kind of have some tentative layout oh yeah your pup is sorry can you hear that no it's all good that's all good um am i ruining the podcast (laughs) i I can edit i can edit i can take whatever out (laughs) if needed sweet um have we started yeah i have Oh yeah, 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 whatever. I mean, you know, we yeah, we started. <laughs> leave that part in. I want it. I want yeah, this we'll to leave stay. That <laughs> all of it's all of it's in. I love your dog. What what's her name again? Lyra. Moira, Myra. Lyra. Yes. Um. But yeah, this move, this date thing, I translate into movies as well. So like, that's my way of proving mm. it to people. So like, if you remember a movie that you saw in theaters, I could probably tell you when it came out. Some uh, of them in theaters. A lot of them. In theaters, like remember Ugh. a theatrical experience that you had, and I could probably tell you around when it was. I mean, when I was uh, in high school, I, I mean, I could go recent, but no, 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 go, 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 high school. Oh, what movies did I, I? I went to the movies like every. That was the thing is to hang out at the movies. I know, right? And I then, still do. To be honest, I'm a I'm a movie pass bro. Oh, they still do that. I thought they like. They canceled that because 
it was Movie Pass got canceled, but like basically, if you pay for like one movie a month, you can. Hey, wait see a second. Are they sponsoring this thing? I dude, they're not. I'm not even saying which one I pay for because there's like <laughs> there's like multiple. But I saw Cocaine Bear last night, and that shit was lit. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, anyways, yo, hit me with it. What do you remember when well, you're in theaters? You're in high school. You go to see something. What What do you go see? Uh, What's one you remember? Like a, a being in theaters moment. I'm trying to think. Um, um, um. I remember seeing like all the dumbest movies because we weren't going there to watch the movies. We were going there to dick around. <laughs> but so we would yeah. just pick like something that you know wasn't too serious so that when we inevitably were like throwing things at each other and like <laughs> yelling at what was that movie with um um eddie griffin soul brother oh, brother oh undercover, undercover brother, brother. <laughs> wow that's dude that's even earlier dude. come on wow, man. that's like what do you got that's like 2003 <laughs> i'm uh, that, dude that's 20 years ago yeah uh, Okay, yeah, what do I, I don't got it, I don't got it, yeah, I'm gonna be honest, got I don't got that one. I stumped them, yeah. folks. No, you got me, you stumped me, it happens, it, it, it's not the first time. Yo, that's, that's, it's a great movie, coincidental, like literally right before this podcast started, uh, I was listening to uh, another podcast with Chris Kattan, uh, who was the villain in that movie. What? If you remember, just, yeah, totally coincidental, like literally, I had to pause it when you got on this Zoom. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um but yeah, anyways, so uh dude, let's let's jump back into uh your your upbringing aside from hanging out in the theaters and watching Undercover Brother. Uh <laughs> yeah. what did you <laughs> what did you where you grew up in New York, right? You're local? No, I grew up in a town called Jupiter, Florida. Oh, Florida. I did know that. Yeah. Exc I got you. so when did you when did you make it to New York City? Uh twenty sixteen. <laughs> yeah nice nice okay so you've been here a handful of years um and and who would you say your top three influences were while you're growing up well i didn't start really playing piano until 18 years old that's pretty old thank you and yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the best response to that that i've <laughs> I enjoyed that one. Uh, but wait, did, you didn't. I thought, didn't you go to jazz a jazz conservatory? Or oh, I love, or no. I love that rumor. Let's just let's just roll with that. Or wait, you talked about this on stage, and maybe you talked about how you didn't go to a jazz conservatory. No, I didn't go to a conservatory. I did go to a school and study jazz piano. Okay, well, these are two different yes. things. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. And but when you were eighteen, like you just started and got in or something, or or how long have you been playing before you went there? So like, I come from a family of classical musicians, so there's always mm. classical music happening, like almost all the time. So that was definitely an early influence. Yeah. And uh, I guess around like seventeen, eighteen, uh, you know, I started experimenting with. The devil's lettuce, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> again, side effects may include trying to play piano <laughs> and thinking you're really good. <laughs> yeah, hey, sometimes confidence, sometimes confidence is is half the battle. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, so so uh, even if you got to eat some devil salads, you, you just whatever gets you to that, <laughs> right. that level. Right. Or it's like, I think there's two ways to get there. It's like confidence, yes, that's a great way. And then also sometimes if you're just like too dumb to know the difference, like how high <laughs> you have to go, how, how far the climb is, you'll just keep climbing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, yeah, yeah. Exactly, that will right. also get you there. Like there's, yep. I feel like, yep. you know. Put the put the the effort in, yeah. Confidence right, is right, right. lovely, but you I know. know, I know it is if it comes naturally. But or you can just kind of like scrap it all, right? With the uh, with your with your devil lettuce, um, <laughs> you know. You're like, well, like fuck if it sounds good. Let's just do this. Right, it feels good. I think yeah, I think it was that that was kind of like the idea was like this felt good. So I started playing piano a bunch with a friend of mine. Who and we were like the only two people that were kind of into jazz music. He was a lot better than I was, so I was a lucky, luck in a lucky situation because yeah, I got to like get my cool. get my shit together. Was he also a pianist or what did he play? He played guitar. Nice, so you guys could jam out. Yeah, right. So eh, spent like trade trade solos. Spent a be- take take turns comping. Exactly, exactly. So he spent the better part of my eighteen year old life doing that. Uh, like playing lots of music, took a handful of lessons and then auditioned for two schools and one of them laughed at me and the other one let me in. So, wow. Shoot for the stars. Look at that contrast. (laughs) So, okay. So how, how long, okay. If you start when you're 18, then immediately auditions, how long had you been taking lessons and playing by the time you went? Six piano lessons. I want to say six or four. Dude. Yeah. That's. That's fucking legendary. I mean, you know what it was? I had a really good piano teacher who hooked me up, like gave me the shit that I needed to play. And then I also, you mm-hmm. know, the the teacher at the school uh, saw something, I guess, in me and was like. Mm-hmm. Uh, potential. Yeah, she saw potential, I guess. <laughs> and And I think it was also the combination of potential plus the music program at the school I went to is not that like well known and they sort of like had a whole turning over of all the teachers yeah um which had nothing you know to do with anything but like bureaucracy but Mm. uh yeah they had this like sort of fresh program fresh teachers and all all the kids who are if you're really good at piano it'd be weird if you ended up at this school you know what i mean you'd be like doing yourself a disservice you should go to like miami to Frost School or go to like Juilliard or something mm. like that. You know what I mean? Like where people yeah, yeah, yeah. know to go there. But yeah, it was right. great for me because I hadn't played piano at all. So I went to this school, like didn't know how to read music. I knew how to read chords and stuff like that a little bit because it kind of just made sense. But like, yeah, I had a handful of chords in my pocket. I had a... I like that. That's a good line for a song. <laughs> a handful of chords in my pocket. Yeah, and like um uh, So so okay, interesting. When did you when did you start writing music though? I think that's like in singing and, and all that. Were you always singing or or did did they kind of no. go together? Um I started so that was four years. Um you know, the school thing. And I was playing strictly like jazz music. Um, I would oftentimes come out of the practice room like having not learned what I went in there to do, but have like a arrangement or a, like a song idea. 
And that just kept cool. happening over and over again. So I kind of like ignored that being like, well, I'm really like scatterbrained. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. and then I moved to New York after the finish that, and then wanted to be, you know, jazz piano, but then started hanging out with like lots of jazz piano people and like legendary yeah. jazz piano people and got to see like, mm-hmm. Oh snap. Like, Oh, this is different than what I thought it was. Like, I don't hear this that way. I love jazz music. I love improvised music. But, like, this isn't this isn't what I had in mind, you know? Interesting. And, um, I, and I started to be like, well, you know, you had to think about it. Be like, well, what do you want to do with this talent, you know? Yeah. And, um... You took those those handful of chords in your pocket. Right. Well, I had more than a handful of now, but <laughs> and then um you know, I started to realize like wow, I, I like come up with songs every time I try to practice. And I do practice a little bit. I mean, I I practice, but it's like at the end of which I I often had a song or and I was like, "Well, you know, let me it kind of just happened naturally. I was like, "Well, I just wrote a song, and that's that," you know? And yeah. then I was like, well, I'm not going to hire a singer, so let me sing this. <laughs> and then I started singing, yeah. and, um, you know, it's been a bumpy road. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you, though? I mean... Was it was it, was it it during uh, time at, at your college? or was No, that, that was after I moved to New York, so probably oh, like wow. 2015, 2016. Dude, that's insane, man, because your voice is so epic, dude. Thanks, it's man. like, Yeah, well... I mean, it's trippy how like accomplished it sounds. Uh, if I imagine you'd been singing throughout your life at least somewhat, did you do choir or acapella or I did theater do, when you're? I did do the choir. Okay, yeah, because it got this really pure tone. Oh, thanks. And like man. a solid control and over your even your vibrato and like you're able to really maintain such a pure tone. Uh, if it, when you want and uh, immediately I know I told you this right when we met each other because we met playing this like strange theater in Connecticut yeah like um, a songwriter's like, round yeah yeah a songwriter's round that was like a whatever four or five hundred person theater with maybe like 35 people in the audience <laughs> <laughs> that's normal for me I love that that's, yeah. that, that's yeah, my yeah. scene <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I remember being in the back and um and listening and uh yeah, dude, you really you really caught my attention. You have this like Chris Thiele tone, and he's like really one of one of my favorite artists ever in the universe. Oh, likewise, um, and and singers too, and um, and yeah, like you have this like ability to like maintain a very pure tone and sound very controlled. Because when when I sing, I'm just constantly, and I I talk about this a lot, especially on this podcast, but like. It's almost like trying to control this wild animal every day, mm. and I wake up with a whole new beast that I got to tame. Do you feel like you have um, too much power? Yeah, there's that. I think I also speculate, and I don't know the science behind this, but I think there are, uh, we have, as baritones have like longer vocal folds, mm. uh, and so it it basically it's like, just takes so much fucking more energy of of my diaphragm to like c- c- support and control my breath and like it's just physically strenuous uh and yeah. you know to to be i always like wished i could be like nice and relaxed and airy and like yeah. but it's just it doesn't happen naturally so it takes a lot of energy for me to be relaxed is i guess the way to say i it. think i think 
aside, like, I'm so envious of a of a baritone just because there's no more baritones in the world. I know you're like that's the true. last of of you're like the last person to speak Welsh. <laughs> you know, like there's no more of you. <laughs> Dude, we're yeah, we're a dying breed. <laughs> I didn't we want to are. say that. I wasn't trying to say you're you're going extinct, but like No, we kinda are. We kinda are, and it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, you're important. You're special. You're important. Well, thank you. Thank you. I you know what? I do feel special. So I, I, I do not disagree <laughs> and I and I appreciate and totally accept the compliment. But I think a lot of it has to do with with how culturally our times have shifted. So yeah. And we have so like flashback to the fifties, um, and even part of the sixties. There was there was this, you know, kind of essence of this uh, idea of masculinity, and the pop stars, if you think about it, being like Elvis and these other baritones, um, and and some lower voice men like Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. right? And so you have these guys at the the forefront. I mean, obviously, you got your doo-oppers. And Motowns and all that good stuff, yeah, but Billy Eckstein. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. But and but then there's like this, you know. Then there's the 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 top dog of like being Elvis, and so Elvis, Roy Orbison, Johnny Cash, these like ma- idea of masculinity, baritone men, and then slowly as the '60s got uh, um, slingshotted uh, into this like essence of whether it was the drugs or or just cultural explosion through this uh repression i think a big part of it uh cultural repression leaning into um this uh leaning to maybe a little more of an androgynous culture of male and female coming together and and being a little more ambiguous so the 60s into 70s you got you know your leather tight pants, your Robert plants that are taking things up the octave, maybe even two. Um, you know, you have your leading into like what we know now as a pop star into like, you know, the eighties with Michael Jackson. And then, hmm. and the, it just keeps going higher and higher to like, you know, now we got, you know, Bruno Mars and, and these like just, yeah, wild, insane yeah. uh, pop singers that are so powerful and beautiful, but it really has left a lot of these baritones, a lot of us baritones don't really know where to go and what to do and how we fit yeah. into the scene anymore. That's interesting. So you think that that's the pr- like you think that 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 shifting of popularity in like male vocals going higher and maybe female vocals going lower sometimes. I don't know if mm-hmm. female vocals went that female vocals went that low in my opinion. That's a good point. But, yeah. But um true. Especially male, like the male thing, trying to be very female in range. Yeah. Um, yeah. You think that that's a product of like 60s and stuff like that? Like the, the, I, the love explosion? I don't know if it's the drugs. Yeah. I don't know if it's the drugs. I don't know why or how, but I think it pro- probably has to do with a lot of part of the 60s, I think, was this explosion, literally the slingshot from the 50s, which was like everything was so controlled and kept together and repressed. Yeah. And I think it just like, there was this cultural need for this explosion. I think it was assisted by psychedelics huh. and, um, and, and, you know, fusion of culture and the British punk wave kind of influencing and then merging with the, this kind of American roots and, and uh, jazz and blues that we had and then coming together. Um, I just, I do enjoy speculating on this, this cultural shift that happened. See, I'm um, more cynical, I'm more cynical than you. 
Okay. Okay. I just think it's it. commercial bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to sell you shit and yeah. hire sexy. And they can yep. they can sell a, a guy with a tight ass and some high <laughs> notes. <laughs> but they can't sell you, you dark and dirty, low down in the muck baritone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. That, I don't that, know. I that is interesting. <laughs> no, no, no. I I mean I, I, I hear you and I, I wonder why, because obviously there's there's that element of control and labels and monetary value and exploitation and and I, yeah, I, I, but I, I guess I'm kind of zoomed out as to more like why culturally that is how they're able to manipulate the situation. Mm, mm, um, mm. You know, if there are these kind of like overseers and puppeteers and shit in the background, because, because there's, it's undeniable how much that is probably a part of this conversation. Um, but also, like simultaneously, um, I think there's this weird science. And I was listening to, God, I think it was Rick Rubin's book, and. Uh, this I wouldn't have this podcast probably if it wasn't for that damn book. So I talk about it every damn episode. Um, there's a moment where he's talking about how higher frequencies are what capture our attention faster, and we're yeah. able to identify and um, basically just just physically hear higher f- frequencies quicker and more acutely, hmm. um, whereas lower frequencies actually are harder to uh, listen to, acknowledge, or even know that they're even there. It's almost like they're subconscious in a lot of ways. But he said that they last longer. Um, and I again, I don't know no frequency mm. science. I don't know acoustic science, none of this stuff. Uh, but I, I did find it really fascinating um, that like, you know, even when, even if you think about, because you, you do a lot of left-hand work on your keys, like you really got your bass down. And to the point where, like, I see that your bass ability with your left hand and your keys, I notice that more than probably any other part of your act huh. and your performance. And I'm blown away by it. And I think it's amazing because I really have trained myself and I, I look for bass. But your voice and I think it's, is like in the well, register. Well, that, so you hear that register. Maybe that, but also, I, my mom was a bass player. So I grew up playing ah, bass. Okay. Uh, and so I, I love it's like one of my deepest loves in my life. And so I just I try I try to listen to it. But most people, if you like ask them to identify a bass line in right. a song, right. it's the last, it's the last thing, thing they're even able to hear. Well um, that is also that's probably true. I think it's probably there's like a, a handful of truths about that specific mm-hmm. statement. You know, like yes, so what you just said. And then also mm-hmm. I think the art of deep listening is a little bit lost and not not that that muscle's not flexed yeah. often because the yeah. landscape of music is kind of like what you just said everything's on top you know yeah. like the lowest thing will be an 808 and that's because you can fucking feel that thing in your chest but yes. like it's it's yeah. generally like it's just so loud that it's you're it's forcing itself on you Exactly. And you're exactly. not you don't actually have to like use your brain to hear it. You're just yep. getting punched yep. in the face. Especially in, in <laughs> like, you're getting punched in the face and, and yeah. with trap music, which is why I really respect a lot of trap music because it really has shoved the bass to the forefront and captures your attention because again like we said the higher frequencies capture our attention faster. And right now I guess that's also a cultural thing with you know where are we at where we're at 
with the internet, social media, it's just like whatever captures our attention the fastest right. um, is is what we try to like push and promote, and uh, it's going to get the most likes and stuff. But I do have confidence, long term confidence in in baritones making this resurgence or bass making this like resurgence of. Uh, um, I think you know eventually things are going to resonate for longer. Um, that was a know, pun. Just, Did you? That was a pun you just made. What did I say? You're gonna resonate? Why? Because you're a oh, baritone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, do it. Cause Cause I mean, because you can. It is part of the. Co- <laughs> I know. No, it is. It is. But it's like it's funny how it is a pun, but it's also like kind of just intrinsically linked to this conversation. Yes. And it's kind of the puns are unavoidable. Yeah. Um, yeah, completely pun intentional, dude. Uh, <laughs> I, I just I find that that bass is so monumentally influential and a deeply subconscious level i um, i love like who who's your who is baritone who are some baritones that you you know listen to and that you so these days it's it is like you said hard to find uh um, non-living like, give me non-living non-living yeah. i mean dude well dude you can't you can't even have the conversation <laughs> without johnny cash cool uh, I, I mean, he's just, he's so goatly, it's ridiculous. And the older I got, the older he got, the lower it got. Um, and it also, the same can be said about Leonard Cohen, mm-hmm. um, who I, I really believe to be one of the greatest lyricists and poets that, that have ever existed. Um, and, you know, again, the older he got when he was like a 90-year-old turkey with his face melting off, yeah. uh, he like had this really beautiful powerful deep uh voice i wouldn't say it was like the best voice ever but it really served his music Mm -hmm. um and what he was saying and it made it it made it hit truer in a lot of ways even though like some of some of his best songs ever were covered by amazing artists that took it and made him a whole new meaning like like we've talked about jeff buckley covering hallelujah and making it this beautiful haunting experience that that is so much more emotionally impactful than his than Leonard Cohen's original retro '80s ballad gospel bullshit. You know, uh-huh. um, it just made the song make more sense. And so sometimes we can cover and and translate that. But but yeah, back to influences. I just it's so hard to know any more baritones nowadays. So I, I look for him. There's a few people. Uh, there's this kid named Coulter Wall, who's. Hmm really really dope um he's got the the devil wears a suit and tie oh really and like yeah he's he's great this guy this kid he's a kid he's like can't be more than like you know early 20s and and man he's his voice is incredible um but yeah now yeah i think uh there's also this guy uh um we got gregory Steve Ir- huh what, what? were you gonna say yeah i was gonna say greg brown is his name gregory porter Oh, Greg. Oh, yeah, right. Okay, that as well, yeah. I don't know, Greg Brown. Um, Greg Brown's got a real nice, bassy voice, and he's a great storyteller, just like Steve Earle. Uh, but, you know, man, again, we're, we're rare. We're rare right now. Like, it the is. old country guys used to get into a baritone, you know, just like you're saying, Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. And then, like, mm-hmm. like old, yep. um, just some great old jazz ones to check out, too, like Joe Williams. And, like I said, oh. you were talking about the 60s before, but, like, Billy Eckstein yeah. in the 40s. Woo, yeah, that's the man. Talk about phrasing. I mean, like, yeah, just pure 
no riffs, none of that extra bullshit, just like mm. the melody and all mm. the delicious notes you wanted to hear. Wow, dude. And and who is the first name you said? Joe, Joe Williams? Williams. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like jazz, you know, jazz things. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no, cool. But, yeah, gotcha. They're great. I, I, I no, I believe it. I was, I was very forced into jazz at a pretty young age. Yeah, you know, um, you gotta, you can't force that. You gotta lube it up. I know. know. You gotta. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It, no, I think I would have been more influenced and uh, probably still very passionate about jazz if it wasn't so forced on me. You know, it's funny, um, I went to jazz, like a school teaching you jazz piano, and I, I moved to New York, and this is obvious for anybody who's done this trajectory, but like, I went for four years of, air quotes, learning something, and then moved to New York, New York and swiftly realized I didn't know jack shit. Yeah. And then, then I actually started to learn what jazz music was, like yeah. in swing, because... I mean, this is a, this is an aside, but like, you know, having jazz force on you is very funny, like common thing. I think is, is like yeah. a, a sentiment because like everybody thinks yeah. it's like this like thing where like you get that on Broadway because it's been like washed down so that like you know it can be absorbed by a general public. But like, real swing music is people's music. It's funky. It's dirty. And like, yeah, it's it's more akin yeah. to funk music, absolutely, than it is to what is now being called jazz music, like especially on Broadway. Not to say one's better than the other, but I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of wrapping your head around no, it, because the no, term no. jazz is so inappropriately used, in my opinion. It's like a painter using blue as a description for all yeah. the colors. Like, what color is this? Blue. And what about that? That's yeah. also blue. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, well, they look totally different. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's just so so apparent. Obviously, like the great grandfather of all of these different styles. So no matter what that shade or that color is influenced in all of these other yeah. ones, um, because it was such a foundation, I think. But also, when we are learning uh, an instrument and trying to become proficient at something, it's either jazz or yeah. classical that we usually end up learning because. Those are undeniably the most sophisticated yeah, also, forms well, that we been have. Well, they've been institutionalized, and so they're the deepest. Yeah. True, true, and but also theoretically, music theory-wise, like those are the ones that we can yeah. really dig deep into. Um, a lot of the times, to you know, explain things, and uh, I mean, while I was at at Berkeley, it was like I watched my friends drop like flies, dude, into this realm of of jazz and. And, you know, again, it is different when it is forced on you, but like I grew this kind of wall around myself because I noticed how like they, it was almost like, you know, you transition, it's hard to explain this, you'll understand it, but I want to say it in a way that, that anyone can understand it. Like you, a big part of jazz music, um, a lot of the times the most respectable epic thing is when we say when somebody <laughs> plays out right or like when they go to the cosmos and the universe and are doing whether it's a chromatic scale or just some crazy uh, wild shit that's like so epic and just like literally out of this world and then bring it back down to earth and it's like 
it's like, holy shit, they just went there and they took it to this this next level. But I noticed along the way when people are trying to, like when we watch Miles yeah, Davis or Coltrane do that. It's like you're referring like, to like a Coltrane It's like, oh my God, like, I get yes, it. Yes, everybody, everybody and their brother is trying yes. to touch the heavens and then land the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and then land the plane. And so so I'm watching my friends try to touch the heavens and they're, I just I oh, watched too. so many of them just not land. <laughs> you mean, the plane. crashed a plane um, into a, you know, a house and, and in that, like an that open was field, <laughs> like nowhere near where you started. You're like trying to come back and you're just like landed, cr- crashing exactly. to the side of a mountain. <laughs> yeah, and you're stuck out. It's like you went on this yeah. psychedelic yeah. trip and you just never returned. And and uh, and that was the danger of it. And I got really afraid of that, if I have to be honest, because I was so such a songwriter at heart and always have been that like. I just wanted I just wanted to make sure mm-hmm. that whatever it was was being communicated inside of me and uh and I def- definitely have gone through my phases of, of being yeah. like really fucking out there um but I was I was always afraid to not be able to like be able to see that this was not translating or just because I was playing a minor 7 flat 5 on the fucking 3 3 chord like like as as long as it was yeah. making emotional sense or or feeling right or okay it was like, all right, I'm, I'm still, yeah. I'm, st- I'm not crazy, because uh, so I think a lot of it, like, it was so wrapped up in my huh. like fear of insanity and like losing the ability to communicate. Uh, and I did again, I did watch well, a lot of my friends not land those planes. Thing so of you. I think I, oftentimes, I'm talking about myself in this, that like desire to, you know, go pedal to the metal and then come back. It's very adolescent, yeah. you know, where it's like, you know, how, like when you're young, younger, mm. you talk a lot, a lot, a lot, and you can't stop sometimes, <laughs> you know, when you should just be going, <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> you know, and like, uh, it's yep. kinda, maybe it's yep. like, maybe it's that kind of a vibe mixed with, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it is. And I think a lot of along the way. When we're hearing yeah. these legends, like we're talking Coltrane, who that are just doing this naturally, almost like inventing the form, uh, then it's like we try to, you know, we idolize, yeah. we get inspired yeah. by these people, and then we try to mimic it. And during that process of mimicking, um, it's like this, it, it's just like you got to get past this hump yeah. and and it takes years and years and years exactly. to be able to really properly learn how to like and bring, that's what bring they some did back too. for the rest of us. You like know? if you go That's exactly yeah. what John Coltrane did. Like before he was cracking open the mm-hmm. sky, he was playing John Coltrane for lovers. Shit for you and your lover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't just going blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, yep. like his whole yep. life. Also, that was a really good <sighs> That's a good point, dude. That was a go- <laughs> it was like yeah. one of those South Park turkeys. It was like gobble. I also do voiceover work oh, if anybody yeah, no. should ever need. Yeah, just just turkeys and. Oh, do you really? Uh, John do you Coltrane. actually? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have it on yeah. your on your yeah, uh, online voices one to three profile. <laughs> you're just like yeah, you're you're real. Anytime the picture changes, but the sound doesn't change. <laughs> the turkey guy. <laughs> turkeys established 1992 i'm dude i'm glad to hear i actually am really dabbling more in in voiceover work and i've um 
Yeah, and I've been uh, applying a lot over the last year. I haven't gotten any jobs, but been, nice. I, I got my reel on. What are some voices that you do? It's been fun, and oh wait, I, oh, dude, I, I heard do you, a lot you do of voices, like some impersonation. You can do um, scar, yeah. But that's we're we're tired of that. I, I, I Give do us scar. something I do scar. that we like. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so oftentimes, uh, let's see. It's not too different from ah, my Alan Rickman impression. Yeah. Uh, Snape, Snape from Harry Potter. Potter. The the only the trick is you gotta shove your oh. thumb in your throat a little bit, and come on, <laughs> Harry Potter. First of all, <laughs> I have a problem with that. That's all I can say. <laughs> I have a problem with that. Harry needs to get the fuck out <laughs> no, of there. I'm, I'm fucking up. I'm fucking up. <laughs> Guys, I don't know who that was. <laughs> yeah, Anybody it, it's, ever it's not says my best your name day. to you like that, best day. you need to get out of that closet or wherever you're being tied up. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, and and also, got needless yeah. to say, R.I.P. Alan Rickman, dude. One of yeah, one of the most epic, epic. I mean, I wish I. Had more quotes from Harry Potter, but anytime anyone ever tries to quote Potter. Snape, they just yeah. end up saying Potter. Yeah, po Potter. You just shove, you say like shove uh. your finger in your th throat, like li literally inside of it. It's like he had like something stuck in his, That's right. his throat. But I think it's because he couldn't Potter. breathe through his nose, right? Mm -hmm. I just made that yeah. up. I made that up. <laughs> it's real. Uh, don't know if it's true yeah it makes sense it actually checks but yes yo i mean yes. galaxy quest oh my god do you do do you do like made up voices ever as well yeah i think most of it i'm not like I mean, the best good. impressionist obviously as i just displayed, it was like alan rickman <laughs> if he was a little yeah, bit pedo yeah, <laughs> Yeah, eventually we're gonna like find out the grave. Um, but no, I. You can Columbus. Yeah, right. Can Columbus you? I mean, I guess a lot of people yeah. have. He had a whole oh, yeah, holiday. Okay, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, done. Dude, well, I, I hope Alan Rickman doesn't get canceled. But dude, that Potter <laughs> thing is questionable. Yeah. If we are, <laughs> but no, to, I do actually. I mostly just kind of riff and do my own thing. Um, I got a bunch of accents, and oftentimes I actually have been starting my shows with an Australian accent. Oh, to see how that's far a hard one. Um, especially so far as we. I know it. Well, it's for me. For me, it wasn't too bad. I, I developed it, and then like I really started practicing in front of people, and and like at so far as especially. Yeah. I know you play a lot of so far sounds events. Um, that like, you know, you're going to have an audience of like, you know, 50 right. to hundred people that you don't know and that don't know you. So you really get an opportunity to like reinvent. And so I started doing this thing at a lot of so far as well, like let's do it Australian for the first Whoa. like five or 10 minutes and see how many people I I've get. And most of the time I've fooled, doing that, I've but never had the them. courage because I can do a little British one, but it's not like, oh, it's dude. not that good, mate. I can really oh, just say it. a couple things here and there, it's but see, I, I fall, I fall off it. I'm falling off it as we speak. <laughs> yeah, but then you you go into your song and but keep you it can, going. But like, when you sing, you it's funny because British people sing and they sound you, um, American. So it doesn't matter when you sing; true. you can just do your, your thing, and then you come out of it. And you're like, "That was a song that's about true. water." <laughs> 
And that's also <laughs> something I didn't realize writing that song because he's referring to a song of mine that goes, uh-huh. you are like the water. And then the audience goes, you are like the water. Right. But we all say water, like even in America, differently. Well, like people. What do you mean? Yeah. Water and water wa- and water. 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 Yeah. Water. And like. Water. What is it? Some people say water, <laughs> and then like yeah. even you know, water. Um, I've done water. a very small amount of international performances, but like, you know, people say like British people, mm. you know, water, 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 water. Yeah, and then I have to like break it down. You know, it does, <laughs> that's great. It has a lot of complications. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. That's great. Yeah, yeah, totally interesting. Because that yeah, that is your main like. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the one call and sing response along. riff that that I've seen you do at shows. How how did you write that? I guess generally, how do you? What's your creative process like? Do you are you like you you find a a dope set of chords or progression that you're riffing on? Yeah. Are you a mumbler? Do you, you just kind of find it along the way? Do you have lyrics or concept beforehand All songs and bring it to the music after start the fact? by crying in the shower, so you can't tell that they're real tears. <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's beautiful it's a real emotion I should write a song. that's beautiful um, it is and as long as you're crying you know, <laughs> yeah, you get, you're grounded, grounded in that's some what level that is. emotion uh, <laughs> that's beautiful dude and so you yeah, were like the water yeah, you, were, exactly. you were crying down your face no I think um, I think um, my stuff is I'm just fascinated with the psychology of harmony so like how some chords to tell your ear to go one way or the other you know like two chord like if you play two Mm. chords two different chords that first chord will tell you to go to the second chord and then the more chords you add the more Mm. you are telling your ear like what am i where am i gonna go where do you want me to go so you can sort of manipulate yourself and the listener by 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 sort of understanding and that's what harmony is in my opinion it's like tame taming yeah. that expectation, expectation of where you think like where's the the pleasing place to go it's like that that playful balance of like finding the pleasing uh-huh. interesting places that people can follow you to because that would otherwise you'd be playing out kind of like what yeah. we we're talking about earlier you know like can't follow you and then yes no right right Exactly. Well, yeah, deviating there expectation tastefully is a, is, a, is a powerful choice. So that's kind of choice. That's that, my approach, that, yeah, really. As a songwriter, like, I approach it from a harmonic mm-hmm. point and then Yeah, yeah, for the love of music and the and the analysis yes. of the function of harmony. And so when do the lyrics come in uh, or melody I try to when do it all at the same time. Um it does oftentimes like like but like 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 we we're saying earlier, is it mumbly? Or because so many people have come on this podcast, I think mumbler, it's so it's like um, a truth. It, it I like re- to center like a lot of my songs around a, a simple truth. You know, like yeah, like, like, like a, I have a like song a word I, or a that's, phrase. that's not recorded yet, but it's like uh, it just goes, "Nothing lasts forever, forever." This I'll treasure right here, right now with you. Like mm-hmm. nothing lasts forever, forever. This I'll treasure right here, right now with you. Like that phrase makes sense to me 
rhythmically and melodically. And that's what will inform maybe the yeah. chords. Or if I hear that if I hear the chords, yeah. you know, that's what they are. But if I don't necessarily hear the chords, I'll work it out. But I kind of start it from there. Yeah. But but working it out working it out with yeah. having that lyric and having that cause some some tentative melody and then yeah. and, and then I should say that it's all what, rhythmic. What so be like, nothing lasts forever mm. and nothing I don't I like everything to be rhythmically purposed. So it'd be like ba ba da 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 Yes, yes. But like yeah, but like I chose it. I didn't just like word mm -hmm. vomit and like these are my thoughts on pen, which is a cool effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, 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 but you're intentional. You're intentional with, with how you go. I, I respect that. Honestly, I, I wish we talked about uh, the rhythmic choices more on this on this podcast. Uh, it is it is so insanely important. I'm I'm very rhythmically based. I mean, I have songs that are literally mm. uh, one chord sometimes, and after after years of of you know trying to go to the moon and shit, I just uh, it, it kind of hit me one day where I was like, I think somebody I think it was Pete Seeger. He said, yeah, um, <laughs> you just need three chords in the truth. Uh, and then I, I took that to a whole new extreme. I'm just like, dude, give me mm. one chord in a solid groove, and um, and then I'll see yeah. I'll see what comes out of that. Um, but but yeah, so so is that kind of general groove ingrained when you when you start to kind of jump into a process? If the if the yeah, I guess you? I should say now. Now that I'm thinking about it. I I should say rhythm is the first thing. Um. And and in my mm -hmm. opinion, it's like the most important mm -hmm. thing. Um, because without a rhythm, yeah. without yeah. A, a a strong rhythm or a sense of rhythm, it's kind of hard to make anything that's valuable to the listener. Unless you're going for a very like mm. soupy ethereal effect, like Sigur Ross is kind of like I don't even know what to call that because yeah. it, it, it it's like it has rhythm but it doesn't sometimes you know it's like it's it might be one yeah, of those things yeah, where the rhythm is soupy. so good they've tricked you into thinking it's out of time <laughs> something something yeah <laughs> makes me doubt that I, I think that i think they just jump into it they it's did so, invent that language right they have it's oh, not icelandic they like know. actually I just, invented I, a I, different know, I like language. i love that mm-hmm I love that as a concept um, that like, and I actually think I'm leaning into some of that yeah. stuff now as I'm writing, um, but rhythmically, yeah, I think I always start from a place of trying to to have a, a, a rhythmic statement or a rhythmic concept, you know, just like yeah. you said, like offbeats, yeah. like, you know. Nice. Yeah, well, you had said that you, you know, with jazz, it, it lives so deeply in the swing. And so when you establish how mm. you're feeling the offbeats, um, you know, that that more than anything, I think, defines our feel, like who we are and, and our feel or where we live. And so, um, yeah, whether it's, you know, swung or not, it's like yeah. we all feel it in our own way. And the quickest way to define ourselves, yeah, lies somewhere. Yeah, but you know what? When you play... What's the song you play where it's very, you played it, um, on my way home or something or, uh, oh, uh, Sen yeah. S uh, um, send me on so down to the sea. 
I'm yeah, no but you're going. But that to me is swing, yeah, yeah. and that's yeah, there exactly. in bluegrass yeah. music, and that's in church music, and that's mm-hmm. in yep. jazz music. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It's the crossroads. Yep. Of uh, of you know that rhythm is at the crossroads of all that's those right. different styles of music, and that, like that's the place you start. You know. Yeah. I, that's the Dude, place. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Funny in that song for me, I I just again, it's kind of one chord. I kind of deviate. I'd call it. I called it the D jam for a lot of the time because I make sure it's this open ended thing. Um, I have a tentative idea of some form and like where I'm going to go. But for the most part, it's like D, all different modes of D from, you know, D mixo, D Ioni and just like D blues, D, D mixo, D minor, D everything. You trying to be uh, hip for the kids? Yeah, Mixolydian. <laughs> no, uh, it, the, whole, the song is actually demixolydian. It's it, it's a you know, it's demixo. It's, <laughs> it's a full demixo. Uh, and and then you know if if then if I'm like delit, I'll go all delidian. Sick, um, bro. Delit. <laughs> and and every now and again, if the gig you ever calls aeolian for it, man, that I shit, aeols. I, I. Yeah, well. Of course, I ails, dude. I ails and doors all day, but but every now and again, that D D fridge, that D fridge is my uh, that's my that's my special sauce jam that I every now and again I'll I'll have to thaw out and and uh, just just bring to the forefront. But again, it's improvisational based. So like I, while I'm like contemplative, yeah. like there's one line in the song, there's one lyric, and it's like a yeah. mantra. You kind of just repeat that shit over again and uh then just like go uh, to the moon and that's my way of going out i just like rage and huh. uh, then bring it you know, it's funny the plane, you know when um, you're just thinking about that out concept of going out it's like the best people mm-hmm. at going out are just they're speaking clearly on the instrument so you understand it so it's not really going mm-hmm. out you know going out it's like it's synonymous with being like yeah. unpredictable and unapproachable, which, you know, like all the people that, that, that I know good, that can yeah. stretch harmony yeah. to the point where it seems like, whoa, where the fuck? We're, if we're like in one key and they've gone off into some other, like, where the, how the fuck did you get there? But they've done it yeah. in a way that I can understand yeah. it and you can understand it. And then it's yeah. not really going out. Yes. I know. No, like, that's right. That's true. That's right, true. As like, long as you're along going for the out ride. has been yeah. become this thing of like, and an artistry. I've seen this like also in artistry. It's like you just your persona becomes so like, like you're on stage and you're like a wild man. You're wild man. Can't protect. You can't predict what he's gonna do. You know. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right. I guess people like that because they're like, whoa, totally. what is he? He's an enigma. He's an enigma. I can't even say the word. He's an enigma. <laughs> That's yeah. a tongue twister. But yeah, you know, it's like th- people do that in music. People, they, you see that yeah. a lot in like people who are artists, you know, heavy with the quotes on that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I'll just be so yeah. weird yeah, I see. that you can't say what I'm doing is wrong <laughs> or right. So you have to be like, this is unique. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, maybe it's he's doing something. Maybe yeah. he's just like weird, it's, you know? Yeah. Is exactly. is there an That's intention here? You'll never know. 
It's deep, dude. That is deep. And then uh, immediately they go off stage. And just <laughs> yeah, I've never, I've never seen them that far. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can, I can, um, I can just because I grew up doing a lot of acting, I can respect mm. how people can flip that switch. And as long, as long as like, uh, like you said, going out, like as long as you can see how, where they're going and where it comes from and understand yeah. the intention behind it, um, it's it's easier to digest. Uh, when it comes out of nowhere, and I'm guilty of doing shit that is oh, absolutely all of us. Yeah, out of nowhere too. with no context, I mean, and yeah, and and you know, we we learned from that, and and people react, and we're like, oh shit, that was yeah. maybe wasn't. The I mean, most when I I learned choice. this lesson in a very nice way, um, when I first moved to New York, I was living in a very very terrible apartment on fiftieth uh, and 9th. It was so bad that. My friends would come over and they'd be like, hey, man, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. What do you mean? This is awesome, right? I'm right here in the middle of, yeah, Hell's Kitchen. And Hell's I kitchen. used to sneak over to uh, Jazz at Lincoln Center's newly opened Dizzy Club Coca-Cola. Mm. Uh, and uh, I figured out how to yeah. walk in through the back door where the kitchen is. And I'd sneak in there every night and watch the bands. And oh, I probably man. got away with it for a good six months. Amazing. You know? They even put a lock pad on it, and I learned the code. Wow. <laughs> and I was passing the code out to people. No oh, way, yes. dude. Uh, I should have been, but price. I just was like, I was the, uh, <laughs> I was the Robin that's Hood of jazz. Adam, that's really dope, Lincoln dude. Center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just passing out the, the back door. Come on, anybody. But uh, I walked yeah, yeah. in. I used to go there, and they'd have bands, so some trio would play that i've never heard of but they're all accomplished and they'd play monday to friday mm-hmm. and so oftentimes what they do is bring in new music and by friday it would be killing and i would see this over and over and over yeah. again amazing pianist or amazing whatever pick the instrument but the audience doesn't give a shit and then you get old simple blues boy mm-hmm. coming in bang a ding Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, Just the most simple phrasing that I get, you get, feels good, it's in the pocket. The room is going nuts. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. insane. And I saw that over and over yeah. again. Like names, like big jazz names. And I would, I kind of would even, because I snuck in through the back door, it's also where the backstage is, so I could hear them talking. I remember there's a famous pianist who was playing. Oh. And... The audience didn't care, and it, and it was objectively amazing. Yeah. Like for for me, even even if it wasn't my cup of tea, objectively, you're like, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> like you, I didn't even know you could do that on the piano, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the audience doesn't care; they just yeah, don't yeah, care yeah. because it it's not. Oh, wow. You didn't take wow. me with you. You just sped off. But like it's like dancing. It's like. You can dance yep. with me, or you could do some avant-garde shit in front of me, and then I have to stand there and be like, uh, 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 "Don't, don't hit me!" You know, like you're mm-hmm. swinging your arms around, like, "Oh, yeah. are you? Da- oh, you dance with me now? No, you're not. Oh, okay, you're still yeah. doing the thing. All right, okay." <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, there, there is, there is a funny part that does come back to our own personal feeling of safety um, as an audience, and I. I had this teacher, uh, James Taylor's brother oh, was one shit. of my teachers back at undergrad, uh, Livingston Taylor, and he had this he had class called Stage Performing Techniques. Um, yes, yes. 
and and anyways, he took it, it things very seriously, and it was an epic class. And I have chatted about it before, but he would like, you know, take he would like look at you on stage in front of everybody while you're doing your song, and be like you're terrified right now, or like you're you you are not grounded, or he'll basically call everybody out for some reason, and he'd be like, give me the guitar, and he would like put this stank face on, and this dude's like seven years old, and he would grab the guitar, tap his foot super slow and then just lay down this tight finger picking groove and just like have the stank face and like go on for minutes and you're just like so in it anytime you would do it and like you know everyone's coming off this stage from like death metal shredders to just like epic jazz singers like all different styles all different types and he would always kind of do the same thing um and immediately you would just be so captivated mm. by his his performance and his thing was, he had these takeaways. He would say, they, uh, they as in the audience, they will never accept, um, oh, fuck, God damn it, now I'm gonna fuck it up. But they, they will, uh, yeah, they will never accept your passion mm. until they trust you. And so his way of establishing trust, the quickest yeah. way you can do it is through rhythm. And so, and just because we're such sensitive human beings, within like three seconds, we know if somebody is right. tight with their rhythm. Right, right. Even if we don't know music, like we can feel it, right? And so, and so then after, once you've like established and earned that trust, you can do anything. And, and like, like literally emotionally, you could cry, you can fucking scream, uh -huh. you can like go to the moon. But as long as you like have really yeah. established this connection yeah, yeah. and this rhythm and you've locked in the groove and you, you know, and, and so... Yeah, I I took I agree. That to I feel that way about listening to like I've, James Brown. It's yeah. like a form of hypnosis. It's like that that beat, the mm -hmm. way that that beat mm -hmm. is so pulsing and so like moving. Yeah, you and you, I feel that way actually when I listen to any yeah, kind fine. of like like Latin music or Caribbean Caribbean music, African music. The way that that music is designed is it like it mm -hmm. hypnotizes you. And there's maybe there's like, you know how like yeah, some you know we have like special receptors in our brain for whatever chemicals and stuff like maybe there's just like a receptor for like the drums, you know, and you just like when, when if you can if you can <laughs> yeah, be that yeah. thing that gets that activates the receptor and gets received, you uh, you yeah. can hypnotize. No, exactly, dude. Well, hey, man, that's why I always that's why I always really Thanks, respected man. your left hand, dude, and and how you hold it down on the on the keys and immediately with your every performance, it's just like, oh, dude, this guy is this guy's locked in. And and for me, I really tried with with my playing as well, just to like lock in, yeah. whatever groove is, whatever speed it is, just yeah. as tight as I can right off the bat. Um, and then it's like, all right, I feel a little more freedom. Yeah, you know what? I've um, noticed that about. I think that's why I like your music too, because. I'm I generally feel like some type of way about a lot of like singer songwriters because especially well I mean I'm not trying to yeah, tell me about like it. who am I but I, I just uh I just feel like too often it falls into no, the category sure. of like in between therapists and like a person who has feelings and a guitar <laughs> <laughs> you know but like you you actually you use rhythm yep. and I think any conscious Absolutely. decision to use rhythm is is a person who's in in the game of of like making earnest music like contributing to the yep. the giant cosmic wellspring of music
That's so real. That's so real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the more you root yourself in the fundamentals of the craft. I mean, this is an obvious yeah. statement, but I guess I feel like it, it doesn't get enough attention. It's like everybody's following a formula now, like to write songs to catch that fish, that pop fish, so that they make money. And then they, and it's like, yes, we all need money. Yes, let's let's have it. I I would love to have some actually at this current moment, but like, especially as a musician, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's I just think like when you're when you're making music, knowing what you're doing, like if you're trying to make money, then yes, just do the do that, do what you gotta do. But then when you're trying to make art, if you're trying to make something that it, that betters the craft, betters the world around you, and that you're proud of. Then you start with the mm-hmm. things that make music, like rhythm and harmony, and yeah. you know. Then you put those other things. You use that as your foundation, and and my ideas will probably shift over time. But that's kind of like how I think about it. Is like you, you use those things as your base, and then. Dude, well, you you actually just brought us full circle back to the beginning of our conversation as to like what we're making it for, and uh, and this kind of like in a way of what you're saying at least my translation is this projection of your future self ah, how to make yourself dude. better and how to and and like you did say you might you change over time but like in this moment that's kind of the best we got right uh, for these these choices that we make and um yeah you, you you could be beating a dead horse if you're trying to like trying to project and calculate what other people are going exactly. to might be successful it's like what the and you're just going to make mediocre shit Statistically, yes. like that's, you can. That's you my can, deepest fear, dude. Yeah, you, you're gonna make okay stuff, and then I mean, statistically, there's always a percentage of chance you make something really cool, and, and, yeah. and, and that's great. That I love it. that, but I I try to but, put the stats in my favor. <laughs> you know, yeah, dude. So you did just say something a minute ago that I've never totally heard or thought about before, and that the the music can w- wear away at an idea. Um, and maybe you didn't mean it like this, but I'm just like, yeah, make me smarter fu- than I am. Okay, okay, <laughs> this is fucking mind blowing to me because, all right, take for example, for example, take like a word, and you know, r- music is repetition a lot of the times, right? So with with rhythm, and so say we're using that in a conceptual format, we have a word, a concept, okay. an idea, and we say that one word, and then we 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 have traveled in time later in the song we use that word again and like it's the hook it's the chorus whatever it is we or we sing it this way and then we do it a third time and at this point we've established this expectation we've established uh, um, uh, this meaning or or that that meaning evolves right and, and like it gets deeper mm-hmm. and the more we use that word it's like it's like we understand a little bit extra as to what that person was saying even if yeah. they're only using one word right but here's the part that i didn't totally anticipate is that there is a sweet spot and there is a point where you pass that threshold and say you use it six or seven times maybe eight times it starts to lose its meaning and its power and yeah. its value uh, yeah. And 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 so it's like you can overdo it in that sense, uh, and and maybe it's rule of threes or however much it is. And ev- I'm sure you know it's dependent on every artist and every song. But yeah. there is a point where that it will have less of an impact, and less that word and that concept will have less of a meaning at a certain point. Yeah, I agree. 
I concur. Anyways, it's like I, I haven't thought about that. I'm 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 shooting shit on on that one thing you said, but I I think it's things. Yo, know, you said it's like cursing. Yeah, if you curse too much, yeah. you don't have a good. You can't. You the your cursing has no value. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, you can't. You know. You're not saying anything. Yeah, then it's a crutch. But you know yeah. that guy who's just like, fuck, <laughs> and you're like, oh, damn, dude. <laughs> damn, dude. I think I'm that I guy get sometimes. It. Yeah. Well, you gotta, you know, you gotta have a hearty. But if you're just saying it every other word, you know, yeah. you're just the guy who says fuck. <laughs> no, you're just the guy, <laughs> and all of your friends know him. Yes, yeah, you're dude. not. Yeah, he's never talking. He's just saying fuck. <laughs> oh, that fuck guy is coming back around today. Yeah, oh, fuck. Yeah. See, and then you're like, ah, fuck. and that has value, but <laughs> it's contained, right? Not the right, fuck because guy. we're using it spar- sparingly and in an appropriate context. Exactly. Um, I don't know if that's yeah, what dude. I meant when I said that. I, honestly, <laughs> I blacked out mid mid conversation, and I don't know what I was saying anymore. Dude, honestly, that that makes for some of the best podcasting. To be honest, I really enjoy this, Adam, and I appreciate you coming on here. My pleasure. It's always uh, great to talk to you, man. It is always great talking to you, man. And I do wanna, I do wanna stay in touch more and and keep me posted. If you got any uh, shows coming up or anything, likewise. You have any? You have any any songs coming out or anything to announce or drop or whatever? I got nothing to plug, man. I'm just here in New York City. Come to my shows. Dude, I love it. Be I the, love it. Be I the love fifth it so audience much. member at my show. <laughs> I want to be that fifth audience member, dude. Let's let's sing. Uh, what was that one song I was I was singing background so that one day on? Oh, goes on. Goes on. Oh, that's a beautiful fucking song, dude. Thank you. Um, and I want to. I do. You know, obviously, you're welcome back on this podcast anytime, dude. We're, we'll chat more about your songs, but I I've been extending this offer recently. Um, and, and, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but, uh, dude, if you have any vocal stems or anything, feel free to send them over my way and I will send you back a sample pack of your own voice that you can play and I'll, or I'll just make a remix and some wompy ass electronic version of any of your songs. So, um, would love to collab in that way. Dude, have you heard, (laughs) this is funny now to say, I have a version of, uh, Stevie Wonder's comeback as a flower. Oh no, on Spotify? Yeah, maybe you check it out. Maybe I get a little, you know, listen to it for over thirty mm. seconds, and uh, I'll break you off a piece <laughs> of that change, <laughs> and then we could You'll... talk about <laughs> a remix. <laughs> that would be super badass. Yeah, if if you do have access, and you know, if you produce yourself, you have access to your own vocal stems. That makes life so much easier. Yeah, that is actually yeah. the first song. Um, that I sort of self-produced. I had some really? help along the way, but I, like that was my fir- this was my first foray, if you will, into producing my own shit. And, yeah, uh, got you. You'll hear a difference. I think if you listen to some of my other songs, for better or for worse. Yeah. But uh, no, cool for yeah. sure. I mean, honestly, anything I can make anything work. It, it's hard to explain, but I know you you've messed around with my my rig or at least seen me do my like live looping sampling oh, yeah. shenanigan. The, the um, you're an experience. The, it's an experience. The Mandalay of experience. That's right. That actually should have been what this podcast is called, but Joe Rogan already took <laughs> Damn that. Damn it, maybe. Joe. I know. Bitch. Um but yeah, dude, so uh, there are certain ones, but I really do love um it goes on um on and on is a wonderful song. And I, I hear that in so many different fun, cool ways. Oh, thanks, um, man. If, 
Yeah, if you somehow have access to those vocal stems, I don't know who produced that. Who produced that song? Uh, I, like, we just recorded, I mean, it, there's not really much production. It's all just, like, live True. shit. And then I just, you know, like, reverb. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, it's not even like, there's a reverb and then, like, an echo. So me and this guy, Alexi Bertolet, Bertolet. Okay, nice. Um, who doesn't really do any mixing anymore probably wow. after working with me and uh <laughs> no i think he like moved on to like building studios and shit like that oh, cool. like, but uh, um <clears throat> i love how you're like yeah pretty, i was the hilarious. last one like, yeah dude if, if but if you're like yeah if you actually have your like production creds and you like list them out and you're just like i'd like to thank reverb like the <laughs> fab filter reverb or like the valhalla yeah valhalla. vintage verb <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would i mean that's cool. really all that production on like my production on my stuff is very minimal I love that, dude. I'm I'm trying to take a page out of your book right now because I go too ham and I get tired of it. Well, because you're smart. See, I I have to make my songs yeah. easy enough for me to play, and my production is dumb enough for me to do. <laughs> right, right, dude. Nice. Well said, man. Yeah. So well said. Keep reading, everyone. <laughs> this <laughs> podcast that, is brought to you by the Reading Rainbow. <laughs> There's always more to learn. <laughs> Uh, with with uh, bon Bonimo or Bonimo, how do you say it? Whoever whoever you find on the internet first. <laughs> <laughs> but no, actually, give it to me because I'm gonna be. I'll, you'll have like a whole intro before this that I do I, about you. Is, okay, is I, say out of, out of yeah, Bonimo, I say Bonimo. Yeah, I say Bonimo. Yeah. And and yeah, artist name Bonimo. Bonimo. Got you. Yeah. Locked down. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, yo, I got I got to hop off to another one, but uh, sure. dude, such a pleasure chatting yeah, with you, dude. Always, man. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's let's hang out, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some some emails. Cool. I'll <laughs> talk to you later. All right. Peace, dude. <laughs> See you, bro. <laughs>